Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to the Claim Your Power podcast, the ultimate show for all things spirituality, self-love, and personal development. I'm your host, Kim Peretz. I'm a two-time author, content creator, yoga teacher, and entrepreneur. You are at the right place if you're ready to tap into your gifts, unleash your potential, and become your higher self. It's time to claim your power. What's up, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of Claim Your Power podcast. Woohoo! I'm super excited for today's episode because... As you know by the title, we are back with another Q&A episode. You guys know I live for these types of episodes. I love doing these because I feel like I can actually really connect with you guys and also connect with what you guys want to hear because at the end of the day, I'm making this show for you guys and it's really great to be able to answer your questions and connect to you guys on an even deeper level. So, By the way, if you don't know about these types of episodes, if you're new to the podcast, head on to my Instagram and follow me. It's at Kim Peretz because every once a week-ish, I will post a story where you guys can submit your questions and then around once a month, I will do like a big Q&A episode on the podcast. So I have a bunch of the questions with me and by the way... I want to tell you guys like a really random thing is this episode is not going to be up on YouTube. You guys know that I always upload the video footage for the episode, but this won't be up on YouTube because I actually film the episodes on my phone. Don't even ask me why. I just, I have a camera and I genuinely prefer filming everything on my phone. I just think it's way easier to edit and transport. So yeah, I just film on my phone, but because I have all the questions on Instagram on my phone right now, This episode is only via audio, so I'm sorry if you wanted to watch the video footage. I promise the next episode will have a video. So let's get into today's episode and just quick disclaimer that you guys know that all the questions are anonymous. So if you did want to participate next time and send in your questions, just know that I don't read any names. I just pick the questions that I intuitively feel like I can best answer or just go kind of with the theme of my life and what I want to share my wisdom on. So without further ado, let's dive into the first question. So So the first question is, how to cope with guilt in your past mistakes? I love this question because this is honestly like a theme and topic that I was thinking about a lot in the past year for myself. And the one piece of wisdom that I want to share with you guys is if you're someone who feels like you made a mistake in your past and you're lacking that self-forgiveness and you feel really guilty or even you just cringe at this past version of yourself, like you don't like the person that you used to be or you're mad at yourself for the way you allowed other people to treat you or how you stuck around or how you didn't have standards in your life or da-da-da, like any of that, if you just feel like you're caught up in this lack of self-forgiveness and you're guilt-tripping yourself, this one piece of wisdom is really going to help you out, okay? I want to remind you that you are no longer that past version of yourself because I know it's really easy to look back at your past and guilt trip yourself and cringe and feel bad and overthink and overanalyze but something that you have to realize is you are a different person now than that past version of you who didn't know any better, who lacked experience and wisdom or made that mistake. You are no longer that person. You are a new version of yourself. You are wiser. You have grown. You have evolved. You have more experience and more wisdom and so have some great for yourself and some love this when you feel like you're guilt tripping yourself and you're lacking that self-forgiveness that is your greatest opportunity to have some self-love and to show up for yourself with the utmost love and grace because at the end of the day you are no longer that past version of yourself that is hurting and then struggling you are not them anymore and when you remind yourself that that you can look back at your past and you can reflect and analyze your past but also remind yourself that 
that's not you anymore. You are a different version of yourself. And the fact that you have this high sense of awareness for your mistakes or for the way that you used to behave or for the things that you allowed into your life or anything that you feel guilty about in your past, the fact that you have that awareness just shows how much you have grown and evolved. And so having grace for yourself and giving yourself credit where it's due and being having more compassion and empathy for yourself. You know, we're in this world, we give so much, you know, compassion and love to other people and we sometimes forget to give it to ourselves. So this is your moment to give it back to you and remind yourself you are not them anymore. You are not that past version of yourself. You have grown, you have evolved and the only thing that you can do in order to move forward is just be better and take the lessons and the growth that you have learned and apply it into your life and choose to respond differently from a higher place. Second question, how to replace thought patterns and cut out negative self-talk. Okay, this is a really good question and I feel like there's a lot of components to dive into it. The thing for me that has really, really shifted my negative limiting beliefs and a lot of the thought patterns that I used to be in is EFT tapping and visualization slash meditations. And something that I did when I used to have, like if you met me three years ago, my brain and my mind operated so differently than the way that it does now because I've taken a lot of time and a lot of work to reprogram my subconscious mind towards optimism towards hope towards creating the reality that I want for myself towards healing towards health abundance joy success all of those things and the way that you reprogram your subconscious mind and you replace those thought patterns is you apply tools that help you tap into your subconscious mind and create new neural pathways and for me that has been EFT tapping and if you've ever come to one of my new moon or full moon circles we always do live EFT tappings and it's group EFT tapping so it's extra powerful and it is so amazing so if you've ever been then you're listening like you guys know how transformational EFT truly is but if you're someone listening that doesn't know what EFT is EFT stands for emotional freedom technique and it's basically a psychological technique where you're combining acupressure points by tapping your body's energetic meridian points and you're combining it with affirmations and mantras to create new neural pathways in your brain and create a subconscious breakthrough and you can use EFT for literally anything for anxiety for healing from heartbreak for health issues for manifesting money for creating new friendships literally anything that you want to call into your life or release from your life and any beliefs that you want to work on EFT is the tool so also by the way I've started uploading EFT tapping videos on my YouTube I don't have that many but also on my TikTok I have a whole playlist for EFT tapping where it's like short quickies EFT for different topics but if you guys are interested please message me because I will start uploading more EFT tapping on my YouTube if you guys want that but to kind of touch base back on the original question one other thing that has really helped me besides you know EFT and working through my beliefs and bringing them to life and then reprogramming them another thing that you need to realize when you're trying to replace your thought patterns and negative self-talk is you have to take an action that you usually wouldn't take because every single time that you have this pattern of negative self-talk or these limiting beliefs that come up and you have these triggers they're coming up time and time again so that you can grow and the only way that you can truly change a belief in your life or trigger like a trigger that comes up and you want to shift that trigger is by responding to it differently than you normally would so I want to use anxious attachment as an example to illustrate this idea of letting your triggers come up and responding differently so if you're someone with anxious attachments for instance and you are always having this negative self-talk and negative pattern where every single time you go out with a guy or girl and they leave you on red 
when they don't respond to you for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, two hours, you go down this negative self-talk spiral, overthinking, overanalyzing, you end up doing nothing with your day, you don't eat, you just look at your phone all day, da-da-da. If that's how you normally respond to those moments, to those triggers, to those thought patterns, what you need to do to break that and create a new neuropathway for yourself is respond differently than you usually would. So let's say you are, you know, igniting that same experience where somebody left you on red or somebody's inconsistent over text again and it's triggering your anxious attachment. You can do A, have the same response again and again and remain in that same position in that same place in your life or you can evolve and respond differently by instead maybe turning off your phone so you don't see it as a distraction and going on a walk and doing some breath work or journaling or going to the gym or making plans with a friend or meditating or literally doing anything to ease your mind away from that trigger and creating a new neural pathway for yourself. So the way that you truly change your thoughts is not only you decide to think differently, but you decide to respond differently. Because every single time that you respond the same exact way and you have patterns in your life, life is gonna send you the exact same people and the exact same lessons and experiences in different fonts until you heal the trigger and respond differently. So the way that you heal it is by responding in a new way from a higher perspective. Third question is how to know your worth regardless of accomplishments. And wow, this is wow, this is such a great question and I'm really happy that you guys asked this. But this question, there's a lot to dig deep into it. And I want to start by kind of sharing my own personal experience with this topic and say that I used to be someone that very much depended my self-worth on my accomplishments. I grew up in like when I was in school, for instance, in high school, I went to a very competitive academic high school where my grades and my projects and all my extracurriculars and everything that I was doing that kind of defined my worth and then that also manifested in my life in a lot of ways in my old relationships where I would depend on my partner to make me feel worthy and I would depend on a man to raise up my self-confidence and make me feel good about myself or even something that I had to really work through when I started content creation was not depending my self-worth on how many views I get or how many likes I get or how many followers I get because when I started content creating I didn't have any followers I didn't have a community I was basically speaking to myself and I knew that I had wisdom and purpose to share but I really depended my self-worth on my like you know success I'm saying that in quotation marks because at the time I didn't really feel connected to my inherent self-worth I was I felt worthy but externally, it was worthiness from the ego because I felt worthy because of my accomplishments, because I accomplished a lot at a young age and I was successful and I was, you know, attracting a lot of good things into my life. And so that ended up becoming really toxic in my life because I started depending my self-worth on external circumstances. And so that ended up blowing up in my face and <laughs> I had to work on this idea of self-worth from inherently from within. And that's something that I've been working on this past year that has really transformed my life. And so if you're someone who's struggling with the same thing too, the biggest thing that has transformed self-worth for me is realizing that I was born inherently worthy. Because you have to realize that from a young age, we have been conditioned from so long, so long, literally since we are babies, to believe that our self-worth is dependent on external circumstances, on if somebody else loves us, if somebody else sees us worthy of, on how much money we make, on how successful we are, on how beautiful we are according to societal standards. It's literally engraved and conditioned into our brains from when we are literally five, maybe not even five, honestly, maybe even three or four. Since the moment that you're at, honestly, as a child, able to have a sense of self-awareness and you're able to speak, 
society just engraves you with all these limiting beliefs about self-worth. And so we all have this worthiness wound. And I actually have a whole podcast episode on the worthiness wound. So if you guys want to listen to it, you guys definitely should because I think it's going to help you guys a lot. But knowing your worth, regardless of your accomplishments or somebody else, is the greatest gift that you can ever give to yourself. Because what I had to reprogram myself and like really unlearn in my life is that my worth never depended on something outside of me. I'm inherently worthy because I'm a soul and I am a piece of light in this world and that makes me worthy and because the universe loves me and that makes me worthy. Nothing outside of me will ever make me worthy and the more that I chase after these external circumstances to make me feel worthy, the more that I will feel empty inside. And the second that you truly feel worthy from within, inherently, you tap into that light and that love that's within you and that's where your self-worth comes form no matter how many people love you no matter how much you accomplish how much money you make how many followers you have how successful you are you know that you are worthy period and you know that nothing outside of you can ever take away your worth because that's something inherent that you were born with it's your birthright the second you you know you maintain this mentality in life and transform your life you'll see that things in your life and people in your life start to responding to you differently. It's because you start being more in your soul and in your inherent self-worth and less in the ego. You start radiating and being magnetic and being truly embodied in yourself. And that is so, so powerful. And even in my life, I noticed, I have some friends in my life that would tell me, Kim, I know I know you from a year ago and you are a completely different person now. I was even talking to one of my friends two days ago and she was telling me that she was saying, Kim, like your energy is way more open and magnetic right now and you're just glowing. And you know, back then when she was comparing me to like a past version of myself, I didn't feel like I wasn't open or I wasn't glowing or I was struggling. But I look back now and I I am a completely different person because my self-worth is no longer attached to other people or my relationships or my success or my career or anything. It's attached to me and my soul. And you know how, how I feel worthy now? I feel the most worthy when I connect to myself. I feel the most worthy when I honor myself, when I connect to the universe and connect with my heart and I do things for me. That's what makes me feel worthy. And that's ultimately what's going to make you feel worthy is you establishing that connection with your soul again. Question number four is what's your perspective on weed and alcohol? So this is something that I typically don't talk about too much, but I did want to touch base on this just because this is not the first time I've gotten this question. And I have to say and preface this by saying that my opinion is my opinion and You might have a completely different opinion than me and that's completely fine. But personally, when it comes to alcohol, I have cut alcohol 90% out of my life. I will have moments where I will go out with my girlfriends and I'll have a sangria and it's nice and I enjoy myself and it's good and I have that fun. Or at a wedding, I like to get a little tipsy and enjoy myself and dance. But for the most part, I don't drink alcohol. I think that it disrupts my intuition. I don't like waking up feeling hungover. I think it makes me feel icky on the inside. And at the end of the day, it also makes me physically feel not good. And I have gone through so many health issues in my past that in life, my only priority and my biggest gratitude is my health. And so I do things because I feel good about doing them. And I also think at the end of the day, everyone's going to have a different perspective on this and you got to do what's best for you. But the more that I connect to myself spiritually and to my own personal growth, the less that I'm even attracted to like drinking. Like it's not just, I guess it's just not something that attracts me anymore. Like when I was younger, I would like to, you know, go out and drink with my friends and da da da. But now I'm at a phase in life where I'm just not 
gravitated towards that because I know the way it makes me feel and I know how I want to feel in life and I know that that drinking alcohol and consuming alcohol on a regular basis does not allow me to be in that energy. And so also at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself what feels good to you and how do you have balance in your life? Because I think it's not black or white. I think when you cut, when you have certain conditions and you just make everything black or white, you make yourself miserable. That same goes for like eating habits and working out and everything in life. Everything is all about balance. So you really need to ask yourself what is your relationship with alcohol and how does alcohol make you feel and how do you approach things? Because if you're drinking every single weekend because you're trying to escape and you're trying to numb your feelings that's not a good way to use alcohol and consume alcohol at the end of the day that's the energy you're operating in but if you're out on vacation with your girlfriends and you want to order a spicy margarita or drink some sangria and enjoy yourself and have some fun then that's the energy that you're consuming the alcohol in and that's how that's the energy that you will be in. So everything is the way that you're intentional about it. And so I think for me at least, it's all about balance. It's all about being intentional and not forcing myself to do things that don't make me feel good. When it comes to weed, I'll just say it blatantly. I don't smoke, so I feel like I don't have a lot of perspective to say on this. I have a lot of friends that enjoy weed and enjoy smoking. It's just something that doesn't resonate with me. It's something that I've never really been gravitated towards, but I think weed and alcohol have completely different intentions behind them and completely different frequencies. Question number five is how to keep a consistent routine specifically with journaling and meditation. Okay, I have a really big, you know, one tip to share with you about this question. It is consistency and discipline beat motivation so you have to realize that you do certain actions and sometimes you're going to be motivated to do them and other times you're not but you have to do them regardless because you know about the outcome of them you know what's going to come out of you doing those things and so if you know that meditating and journaling makes you feel good makes you feel tapped in and connected to gratitude and self-love then when you feel the most down when you feel the most resistant to doing those things that's your biggest sign that you should be doing them because the things that you're most resistant resisting and you're most avoiding are the things that you need most so always connect back to that intention what is the true reason that you're doing it what is the intention behind it and remind yourself that on days that you're feeling not motivated have that discipline have that consistency and have that commitment to yourself it's all about saying commitment to yourself and having that self-respect and self-love enough to say okay maybe I don't feel like doing it right now but I know the ultimate result of this and I know how it's going to make me feel so I'm going to do it anyways okay Next question, I'd love to hear about loving your own alone time and not being in a relationship or situationship. Okay, you guys know that this is like something that I love to talk about. I feel like I always talk about this because you guys know that I'm single right now and I'm really embracing and enjoying my alone time. And what I will say about this is the mentality that I'm currently in is I know what I want. I've done a lot of healing work. I have shifted. I have changed my life. And the universe knows what I want. Like I have journaled about the type of partner that I want. It's out there. The intention's out there. And so now that I know what I want, I'm not going to sit and wait passively for me to enter another relationship or for me to fall in love or for me to, you know, feel pursued again. I'm going to live my life to the fullest and really enjoy my alone time because you truly never know when you're going to meet the next significant person in your life. Like every significant man in my life I have met at the most random, unexpected time and unexpected places. And so you have to walk around in this mentality of you could literally meet your soulmate tomorrow. 
You could, today could be the last day that you are single. And so if I told you that today's the last day that you are single, would you spend it moping and talking about how lonely you are and how nobody likes you and how you'll never feel love again? Or will you spend it living your life and enjoying your company and embracing this last part of your life where you are single? Because that's the type of mentality that I'm in and that has changed made me so happy because so many people that I know that are single always complain and they're always lonely and they're always overthinking it and I look at them and I'm like bitch what the fuck you're in the best phase of your life you're single you're not committed to anyone that means you're committed to yourself that means God has put you in a position where everyone else is second on your list and you are priority. That's a beautiful place to be in because you might not always be in that place. There will be a time in your life where you know if you choose to have children or you choose to get married other people will be on the line for you and you won't always have to be just committed to you. There's going to be other people's feelings and life in consideration. But right now you're in this beautiful phase where you're single and you're blossoming and you're evolving and you can do what you want and you can explore and you can date and you can find out more about yourself and that's just such a beautiful place to be in and when you enter this energy when you truly feel whole on your own and you embrace this part of your life and embrace this chapter as a gift and not as a burden you will also start to see all the beautiful beauty and gifts that you're getting out of this beautiful period in your life okay i think we have time for one more question i am really sorry if i didn't get to answer your question there's honestly been so many good ones that i want to go through but if i were like this episode would be so fucking long it would be like two hours and i know you guys love this podcast because i keep the episodes short and sweet and so maybe i will do just like another part q a to this episode because there's so many good ones but i also want to say that a lot of you guys asked me questions that I have podcast episodes on like before I dive into the last question some of you guys asked how to be in your feminine energy how to stop being a people pleaser and my top book recommendations like all these things I've answered in past podcast episodes so you guys should definitely check those episodes out if you want to learn more okay now let's talk about the last question and it's can you share the power of dressing elegantly of course I can do you guys know that I'm a singer by the way yeah (laughs) just kidding but you guys have known like if you guys have been following the podcast for a while you guys know that every once in a while I will blurt out singing and if you're a real one you've heard me rendition a lot of great songs but yeah let's talk about the power of dressing elegantly because if you've been following me for a while you've also known that my style has changed a lot like I dressed very differently a year or two ago versus the way I dress now I dress a lot more elegantly more mature and I feel like my sense of style has evolved because I have evolved as a person I think dressing elegantly is one of my favorite ways to tap into my feminine energy Honestly, the day that I started shifting my style and the way that I dress and I started dressing more in a way that makes me feel like a woman because back then I was dressing, it's not that I was dressing ugly, I was just not dressing in a way that was embodied in who I truly am and now I dress more elegantly and I like to wear sets and pearl necklaces and just like doing my hair and just really committing to getting ready and taking care of myself and my style and I love it and it's allowed me to tap really deeply into my feminine energy because it's this idea of taking care of yourself and taking doing that self-care and honoring yourself and the way that you feel because at the end of the day clothes are all about how they make you feel not how they look and so I think dressing elegantly for a lot of women we don't realize this but when you start dressing elegantly you start to feel like a motherfucker fucking powerful 
woman, okay? You start to feel super powerful, super classy, super elegant, super mature, and magnetic. Like I started to feel magnetic. And I wanna really quickly say that if that's not your style, if you don't like dressing like that, please don't because at the end of the day, the way that you dress needs to be connected to how you feel and what makes you feel good and confident. But I also noticed just by talking to some of my close friends because a lot of me and my friends have kind of collectively changed our style over the years is that when we start dressing more elegant, more classy, more feminine, more modest, we start to really embody what that means to be a woman. And really, again, prefacing that being a woman is all about what makes you feel good. But I've just found for a lot of women that want to be in that feminine energy, that want to be connected and then tapped into their power and intuitive, the way that you dress sets a big precedent on that. And it allows you to really tap into that energy because we do live in a physical world. Like not everything is spiritual. This is a physical world and there's luxury and there's good and you're allowed to want to dress good and feel good and dress up for yourself. And so I really think that there's so much power in dressing in the way that makes you feel confident dressing elegantly and classy because it makes you feel like a powerful woman and who doesn't want to feel like that so those are all the questions for today i'm so happy that you joined me in today's episode i'm sending you a big wave of love of good energy claim it have an amazing day week month whatever it is and i'll see you next time beautiful souls thank you so much for joining me in today's episode feel free to leave a review or dm me any topic suggestions I hope you feel inspired to claim your power today.